times you have to go through the fire. Am I right? Sometimes you got to walk through the fire. He didn't say you'll never have to walk through the fire. He didn't say, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, y'all don't have to go in the furnace. They had to go in the furnace. But guess what? They didn't go in alone. He didn't say, you'll never have to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He said, when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, who will be with you? I will be with you. Amen. And when, and when those Israelites got to that sea and, and Pharaoh was chasing them, there was no way they could get across it. Right? Oh, but there was a way. With him, there was a way. And so don't ever forget when you're going through struggles, it's okay because you're going through them with him. Brother Horace, good to see you here today, brother. You know, Horace went through some stuff. He had to go through some stuff over the last month, but guess what? He didn't go through it alone. And he's here today, praise God. And just like Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego said, you know, even if, just like the words of that song, even if we have to end it all here it's going to be all right why is it going to be all right because of that cross right there that's why it's going to be all right because jesus paid it all it's finished so even if even if even if it's going to be all right because without that cross i have no hope but with that cross i don't have to worry about tomorrow amen Praise God. Hope everybody had a wonderful week. So glad to have you back here today. Thank you, worship team. Mm, you may be seated. Holiday weekend, everybody ran away. This is the last holiday, by the way, till Memorial Day. Y'all can't go nowhere. Sorry. <laughs> no Thanksgiving this year. We ain't gonna have no Thanksgiving. Y'all can't do that. You can't, you can't go on vacation. You gotta be here. You know, um, it's the end of summer. Y'all feel those temperatures Thursday and Friday morning, praise God. Yeah, Ray's over there going, be quiet. Ray wants to go to Corinto, Nicaragua. That's where hell goes on summer vacation to get warm. Um, <laughs> Many years ago, I um, accepted the call to be a children's pastor in a new church plant in Monroe, and we had a couple hundred people coming. It was awesome, and we didn't even have a pastor yet. And so they said, um, you know, whoever else is doing right now, you got to preach, Mike. Okay. So they came to me, you need to preach one Sunday. I said, okay. To the big people? Yeah. So there I was preaching to the big folks. And I'm like, how am I gonna do this? I gotta dumb this down for these folks because there ain't no way they'll understand it because the kids get it, but them, I don't know. <laughs> and so um, there are no notes today, by the way. I told Robert I'm not giving y'all notes because I want you paying attention. Because just like little kids, y'all, you'd be with your phone, man, and you'd be playing with your blocks and stuff. 
drawing, so y'all focus. I'm, I'm looking at you now. No excuse for you to be doing this. I'm reading my notes. I'm messing with you, but I'm really not. So that day I shared a story with the congregation. I got in trouble because I shared it. Hope I don't get in trouble with y'all. If I do, where's Colette? She's with the kids. You're going to have, she'll have to back me up on this if we get in trouble. Um, so I gave a message and they loved it. And they said, we need to turn this message into a play. I said, what? We need an Easter play and we want you to write a play with this message and direct this play. So we did. And so there I was. I was in my 20s, just starting out, writing this play. And I had all these little kids. And I, was, I didn't have kids. I didn't know how to deal with kids, really. I was children's pastor, but good gracious. Snot-nosed little monkeys running around. So I'm teaching them this play. And it's not that hard, right? But anyway, we pulled it off. We had the play at Easter. Over 300 people showed up. And I think it was over 20-something people dedicated, gave their life to Jesus that day. With this simple little story. And you've probably heard of it, some of you. Um, if you haven't heard of it, well, here we go. Uh, I will read the story. And the funny part about this story is um, it has no author. Nobody knows who wrote it. It's unknown. Whoever did it, I think, did a great job. So uh, I'm going to share it, and then I'll share a few things that it has taught me, and I hope uh, it will teach you. The Three Trees. Once upon a mountaintop, three little trees stood and dreamed of what they wanted to become when they grew up. The first little tree looked up at the stars and said, I want to hold treasure. I want to be covered with gold and filled with precious stones. I'll be the most beautiful treasure chest in all the world. The second little tree looked at the small string trickling by on the way to the ocean. I want to be traveling mighty oceans, carrying powerful kings. I'll be the strongest, mightiest ship in the world. The third little tree looked down in the valley below where busy men and women were working. I want to never leave this mountain. I want to grow tall so that when people stop and look at me, They'll raise their eyes to heaven and think of God. I'll be the tallest tree in all the world. Years passed, the rains came, the sun shone, and the little trees grew taller and taller. One day, three woodcutters climbed the mountain. The first woodcutter looked at the first tree and said, this tree is beautiful, it's perfect for me. And with a swoop of his shining axe, the first tree fell. Probably took more than that, didn't it, Ray? Anyway. Now, I shall be made into a beautiful treasure chest. I shall hold wonderful treasures, the first tree said. The second woodcutter looked at the second tree and said, This tree is strong, perfect for me. And with a swoop of his axe, the tree fell. Now, I shall sail mighty waters thought the second tree. I shall be strong ships carrying mighty king. The third tree felt her heart sink when the last woodcutter looked her way, stood straight and tall and pointed bravely to heaven. But the woodcutter never even looked up. 
Any old tree will work for me. He muttered, and with a swoop of his axe, the third tree fell. The first tree rejoiced when the woodcutter brought her to a carpenter's shop. But the carpenter fashioned the tree into a feed box for animals. The once beautiful tree was not covered with gold, nor with treasure. She was coated with sawdust and filled with hay for hungry farm animals. The second tree smiled when the woodcutter took her to a shipyard. But no mighty selling ship would be made from her that day. Instead, the once strong tree was hammered and sawed into a simple fishing boat. She was too small and too weak to ever sail on an ocean or even a river. Instead, she was taken to a small lake. The third tree was confused when the woodcutter just threw her into, cut her into strong beams and threw her into a lumber yard. <laughs> what happened? The once tall tree wondered. All I ever wanted to do was stay on the mountaintop and point to God. Many days, many nights, many years passed. The three trees nearly forgot their dreams. But one night, a golden starlight poured over the first tree. I get a little emotional when I read this. As a young woman placed her newborn baby in the feed box. I wish I could make a cradle for him. Her husband whispered, and the mother said, Oh, this manger is beautiful. This is perfect, she said. And suddenly the first tree knew that he was holding the greatest treasure the world had or would ever know. One evening, a tired traveler and his friends crowded onto that old fishing boat. The traveler fell asleep, and, a second, and the second tree quietly sailed out onto the lake. Soon a thundering storm hit. That tree knew she could not hold up in that storm to carry her passengers safely across. But the tired man awoken, stood up, stretched out his hand and said, peace. The storm stopped as quickly as it began. And suddenly the second tree realized the king of all kings was aboard him. One Friday morning, the third tree was startled when her beams were yanked from a forgotten woodpile and flinched as she was carried through an angry, jeering crowd. She shuddered when soldiers nailed a man's hands and feet to her. She felt ugly and harsh and cruel. But on Sunday morning, when the sun rose and the earth trembled with joy beneath her, the third tree knew that God's love had changed everything. It had made the third tree strong. And every time people thought of that third tree, they would think of God. That was better than being the tallest tree on earth. So the next time you feel down because you didn't get what you wanted, <laughs> sit tight, be happy. God has a better plan than even you can imagine. That's it. You know, there's a lot of lessons in that story. A lot of lessons in that story. It did turn out to be a great play, by the way. We did all the trees and the little kids got up and each little kid was a tree. It was really cool, but you know, we all had plans, right? When we were little, everybody had a plan. 
Everybody had a dream. And some of us may be closer to our dream than others. I mean, there's only one Batman, right? All of us want to be Batman, but Ray Holt got the job. You know, we can't all be that. <laughs> that first tree wanted to be a treasure chest. That's a great hope for that little tree, but there's thousands of treasure chests. Go to the store today. You can buy a treasure chest. But there's only one. There's only one feed trough that held the king of kings. Right? So might, I might want to be one thing. And I might have my goal set on being something. And I have this big picture. And I might be that. But it might not be truly what I really thought I wanted to be. Because God had a different plan. God had a different plan for that tree. To get the honor of holding the greatest treasure, that tree had to become a simple feed trough. Think about that. <laughs> when the Lord sent Samuel to anoint a new king, y'all know the story in Samuel? First Samuel? First Samuel 16, 7 says, but the Lord said to Samuel as he was looking at one of Jesse's boys, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things that you, the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So as one by one, those sons came through, the Lord kept saying, nope, that's not the one, Samuel. Nope, that's not the one. There's, a, there's another one somewhere, right? Oh, there's a little David over there. He's watching the sheep. Bring him. And now he didn't have the stature of a king, but he had the heart. He had the heart. We look at the outside. We think, oh, Jesus is coming. Let's go buy the most beautiful thing we can buy so he can be placed in that. Right? Let's go down to. Babies are us or whatever it is now. Let's buy the most expensive thing we can buy. God's like, no, go to the feed store. Get an old trough. That works. God looks on the inside, not the outside. We live in a world right now, and I think more than ever, that pays attention to appearance, not to the heart. But we serve our king who pays attention to the heart, not the appearance. Let me tell you something right now. Jesus could care less what you look like on the outside. Because he's looking on the inside. That's what he's looking for. You might parade around thinking you're all pretty. Look at me. But if your heart's not right, you're in trouble. That's exactly right. <laughs> In that manger was that feed trough. It had been there for years. We don't know how long, but go with the story. Animals had come and went. How many animals had been over and ate from that feed trough? There were probably times where that feed trough thought, man, what in the world? This really wasn't the plan. How many times do you wake up every day and go to work and go, this really wasn't the plan, right? I really wasn't planning on doing this the rest of my life. But the feed trough did its job. It kept doing its job, and the day came. 
The day came when the dream was realized. I see a few things here. Number one, you got to wait sometimes. You got to wait sometimes. <laughs> we live in a world where I want it right now and I want it right now. I want it my way. Burking. Right? I want it my way and I want it now. Speaking of Burger King, lately, if you go into a fast food restaurant, you're just lucky to get something to eat because ain't nobody working. But anyway, <laughs> we're having to learn to wait. Amen. And sometimes, the second thing, sometimes when we're waiting, what we're doing might seem somewhat menial to us. Really, do I have to do this? Do I have to feed animals? Really? That's what I'm, come on. But that's okay. It's okay. And just like with all the other trees, again, the outward appearance does not determine the ultimate purpose. The treasure boxes on earth, again, never had the opportunity to hold the treasure, but that little feed box did. Fourth thing, and this goes for each one of these trees, and this goes for each one of you, do not ever let your position in life determine your purpose. Do not ever let your position in life determine your purpose. I don't care what you're doing. God can use you. And I'll share some examples in a moment. God can use you no matter where you are. And he can point you to places that you can't even imagine. But you just got to be open. The second tree, oh, it wanted to be a mighty sailing ship. Carrying kings across oceans to unchartered islands. But alas, it was made into a little fishing boat that would never even leave a small lake. Reminds me a little of a little fella named Zacchaeus. Ever heard of him? Wee little Zacchaeus. I'll read the story from Luke 19. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but he was short. Poor little guy. I found out last night I'm short. As my ton is, son is now taller than me. He wanted to see who Jesus was, so he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay in your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. And the people saw it and began to mutter, he is going to be a guest of a sinner. You see, Zacchaeus was a tax collector, right? We don't like those guys. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay it back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save the law. See that little short fella? He was a tax collector and when he walked through, nobody, yeah, yeah. he wasn't very popular. He didn't look pretty and nobody saw anything pretty about him. But his heart, see, Jesus saw his heart. He was so excited to see who this man was. He climbed a tree to look for him. Amen. 
Even though you may be small in stature, never let it keep you from doing what you know your heart's telling you to do, okay? Don't forget that. Do in your heart what you know you're supposed to be doing. Sometimes that might mean you gotta change your path. And just because you find yourself as a little fish in a little sea doesn't mean God can't use you in a mighty, mighty way. And again, don't forget, never let your position, never let your position determine your purpose. We get caught up in that sometimes. I want to talk to you this morning. You get caught up in that time. I, I'm just a lowly little old thing over here. I don't, you know, maybe I'm old and retired and I don't have a purpose anymore. Let me tell you something. I'll talk about that in a minute too. God has plans for every one of us. And I believe he has a plan for every one of us to the last breath, to the last breath, whether we live to be 70 or 170. He has a plan for us. The last tree. Hmm. What a dream. I want to point to the sky. I want to be the tallest tree in the land. I want everybody when they see me to think of God and think of heaven. Man, that got cut short for that tree. And we know that tree got chopped down. And for over 30 years, that tree was in that wood pile. We know that based on math, which I'm not good at. But I can do that much. So for a long time, that tree just sit there. Okay. What happened? I wanted this. This was my dream. And here I am in a wood pile. There's so many things I wish I could be doing, but I'm stuck in a wood pile. I wanted, I wanted to stay up on a mountain. I wanted people to walk by and see me, Amy, but I'm up here in a wood pile. I think about Sarah. She kept hearing this thing. You know, she's wandering around, following this husband of hers, just going to some land that God's sending him to. You know, she's going through a lot of stuff. She keeps hearing, you're going to be the mother of many nations. Well, okay. Okay. Well, now I'm 70. 70 years old there. Abe, don't know about this. Sure. Now I'm 80 years old. You sure, Abe? Boom, on the 90th year. On the 90th year, man. <laughs> 90 years old, old Sarah gives birth to Isaac and becomes the mother of many nations, right? That took a while, didn't it? I don't know about y'all, but do you think there was a few times that Sarah was just thinking, nah, seriously, this ain't going to happen, but it happened. It happened, so it's never too late, y'all, ladies, saying, we could have a baby boom here at Image, not just Tiffany and Amanda, come on, Horace and Betty. We need more babies. Y'all laugh. Sarah laughed too. She even said, <laughs> she even made, in scripture it says, they're going to laugh about this. 
Y'all laughing about it because years later, we're still laughing about it. God has a sense of humor, amen? Just like that first tree in the sanctuary, sometimes we have to wait it out, right? <laughs> You're never too old to fulfill your purpose. You're never too old to fulfill your purpose. <sighs> Don't care how old you are. Some of y'all looking at me like, man. Do y'all know how old Colonel Sanders was when he opened KFC? 65. 65. He had a lot of failures along the way. And I'm not a fan, but apparently they sell a lot of chicken. Grandma Moses, you ever heard of her? Great painter. She was in her 70s when she started painting. Some of her paintings have sold for well over a million dollars. So don't count yourself out just because you might be getting your social security check. God can still use you no matter what your age. Amen. I want to encourage everyone listening here and out there online. Listen, God's got a plan for you. It's okay to dream big dreams. But those big dreams might not come immediately. And they might not come in the way you want them to come. Because you can't see what he sees. You don't know his plan and purpose for you. And his plan and purpose could be exactly your dream. But it may come out a whole different way. <laughs> Again, your dream to hold treasure might mean you have to be a feed trough because a treasure box just can't handle the treasure he's got for you. You know, um, another thing, don't, again, never let your current position determine, don't let your current position determine the path. You stay focused. You stay focused on him you never forget the promises that he gives us. He goes before us. As the song said, we can walk through fires. We can walk through valleys of the shadow of death. We can walk through waters that there's no way we could swim through if we would do it with him. Keep your eyes on Jesus the entire way. I want to give some examples of some folks I think of these three trees and I think of these three folks because I don't know their, their lives that are lived that may not have turned out exactly like they thought they were, but I think God has used them in a mighty way. And um, as we're here on the eve of September 6th, 2021, these lives have major significance to me because you see on September 6, 1971, a little baby was born. I don't know if y'all know him or not. His name is Darren. Tomorrow I'll be 50, so I represent the middle-aged people now, I guess. I hope I don't have a crisis. If you see me drive up in a Corvette next week. Anyway. I can't afford a Corvette. I had a tooth break Thursday, so. <laughs> anyway. A young lady I knew from the church I got saved in many years ago, um, she um, grew up, her, her, her mom was my seventh grade math teacher. 
And um, so I remember going in that church and her mom was my seventh grade math teacher. Her aunt was my sixth grade English teacher. It was a family church. And so, but I was a little nervous because all these people were my teachers and they knew me and I was like, ooh. Anyway, so I got saved because they were like, he needs saving. <laughs> anyway, no, I was a pretty good kid. But So Courtney grew up, her mom was a math teacher and so she wanted to grow up to be a teacher. And um, her dad was a farmer. He was a deacon in the church. And so I'm sure she spent a lot of times in the chicken houses picking up dead chickens through the years. Anybody ever done that? It's a wonderful job. All the other chickens are trying to kill you. <laughs> You're picking up their dead friends. It's not fun. But Courtney wanted to be a teacher when she grew up, just like her mom. I'm sure she did well in math. If my mom was a math teacher, I'd better do well in it. Or I'd probably be in trouble because the teachers would come and say, Darren don't have a clue. <clears throat> she went to college, got married, and then, like anything, life kind of took a different path. She ended up with three kids. She didn't teach in the public schools, but she did teach at the church. She was equivalent to our Colette. She was like the guru of VBS. And although she wasn't teaching, Courtney was living, I believe, her purpose. And she was showing the world Jesus. And it's truly, that's far better than the plan she probably had for herself. Tommy wanted to grow up to be a home builder, right? But he had one problem. He, he really, his goal was to, and he loved it. And his friends would tell me how he used to, when he did do it, he loved that feeling of passing the keys to the family. Here's your new home. It was just, it didn't feel good. But Tommy, Tommy had a problem. Tommy liked squares and he liked levels. And it took him a little longer to build a house than some other people you know what I'm saying, right? It, it would take a while. So he was too slow because you could hire this crew and they could build it in two days and it took him two weeks. It was too slow. But, so he found his calling in finished carpentry. Very good at it. Excellent at it. Matter of fact, was um, built furniture, beautiful furniture. And he would sell the furniture and he would take the money he made and give it to a ministry that helped young people who were going through major diagnoses in their life. Kids who were sick, kids who were dying and that was you know kind of cool he wanted to build houses but he was helping build hope in these people's lives and um, he did very well at doing that and then there's Patter old Patter and I went to high school together we called him Patter his name was Patrick but we called him Patty Cakes and you know we made fun you know whatever Old Patter, um, Patter grew, he was, okay, I gotta explain Patter for you. Anybody, if you've been, you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about. Patter wanted to be a farmer. His dad piddled in cattle, but was really not a cattleman, but he wanted to be a farmer, and old Patter wanted to be a farmer. Anybody ever heard of the FFA? Oh, well, Patter was the FFA. He had the blue blazer with the patch on the back with the big gold, you know, I think he was the chaplain or whatever. Patter was the man. And, you know, I had a, we used to go hunting. You know, we would spend this weekend in the field shooting doves. 
I know that's horrible. I've done it. I'm sorry. I confess. And old Patter wanted to be a farmer so bad. Well, when Patter got out of school, we realized that being a farmer required land, equipment, and money. Patter had no land, no equipment, no money. So Patter would go around and help other farmers. And he was really good at fixing stuff because I don't know if you know this or not in the agriculture department. And when you're the chaplain of the FFA, you are probably going to take classes and learn how to fix stuff, tractors and lawnmowers and all that. So Patter became really good at fixing stuff. He was a mechanic, Don. So Patter became a mechanic and he opened up his own shop fixing stuff. But Patter had one problem. He still wanted to be a farmer. So he, he would fix stuff and he had this plan. He was going to make enough money fixing stuff. He was going to buy some land and be a farmer. Oh, but Patter. Patter had a heart and word would get out. And, and Patter has this team of people who would watch him about my size and take care of him because Patter had a problem and we didn't want the world to know that Patter did this because people like to take advantage of people like Patter. But the little old ladies in the neighborhood when their car wouldn't crank, they'd call Patter and Patter would say, probably the battery. And he'd find out what kind of car it was and take a battery over there. Nine times out of 10, it was the battery. And he'd fix it and the little old lady would say, what I owe you, Patrick? Well, I hear you make the best chicken and dumplings in the whole town. Just make me a pot and bring them by one day. Patter wasn't making no money. He was giving money away. He wasn't never going to have no farm. But Patter was, Patter was doing what Patter's heart was made to do. <laughs> you know, those are three stories of people that I knew at different levels of my life. And I looked back over the last couple of weeks at their life and I was like, and, and I, was, I was preparing this message and I'm like, you know, they lived their life to the fullest. They didn't hold back. They didn't let the circumstances stop them. They just lived and they served and see it's important no matter how old we are. Even if you're young, you can go do it now. Even if you're old, you can go do it now. Don't wait because you never know you never know when your last day is coming. Last Saturday night, Patter breathed his last breath. But I know. I know he opened his eyes to see Jesus. He was only 52 years old. A few days earlier, Tommy closed his eyes and opened them to see Jesus. He was only 50. I'm 50 tomorrow. A week earlier, Courtney closed her eyes and opened them to see Jesus. She was only 40 years old. We don't have a promise of tomorrow, but we do have a promise. <laughs> we do have a promise that we need to live every moment we are here for him and pouring into people's lives like these three people did and never losing focus of the call on our life to be all that we can be. And if that means that I have to be a feed trough, then I'll be a feed trough. If that means I gotta be a little boat in a little lake, I'll be a little boat in a little lake. 
And if that means I had to be fashioned into a cross for a man who saved the world to die on, that's what I'll be. It might not be pretty and it might not look to the world as something important, but I believe that those three people I just mentioned stood before the Lord and he said to them, hey, well done, well done, my good and faithful servant. You and I and each one of us have a purpose in this life. Do not, listen to me, do not let your current position determine your purpose. He's got a plan for you, a plan that you cannot even begin to imagine it's greater than anything, anything we can possibly imagine. But you know what stops us most of the time? You know what stops us most of the time from doing what he's told us to do? One word, F-E-A-R. Fear, worry, I can't do that. I can't do this. I'm gonna worry myself to death and not do what he's told me to do. I got a text on Thursday morning from a good friend. He said, um, can you pray for me? I'm going through a trial today. And I said, I prayed for him. I said, done, buddy. Go get him, tiger. He said, can I call you? So he called me and I thought, this guy has a job, Ray, that requires him to go through. He's not a lawyer, <laughs> but he, he has a job that requires him to take physical testing. You know, he's not a he's not an insurance person or a, a contractor who gets to go online and do them little CE things and not move. But oh, that's so hard. He has to go out there and do this hard work. So I thought that's what he was talking about. He had a trial that day. No, he said, dude, I got this guy at work that's just aggravating everybody to death. He's just a pain in my butt. I can't deal with him. He's like, every day I just get so frustrated. And the boss ain't going to be there today. And I know he's going to come in and just be. And I said, well, what have you done? He said, well, we talked to him and we try to tell him, you know, he's really good at what he does, but we, we try. He said, I'm just trying to be nice to him. That's all I know to do is be nice to him. And I said, that's all you are, dude. I, you got to know the guy I'm talking about. His middle name is Barnabas, I'm pretty sure. And I said, dude, that's who you are. You just keep encouraging him. You keep being that person in his life. You keep pouring into him. I know it's frustrating at times, but that's who you are and you can't help that. Don't try to be something you're not. Be who you are. And then I gave him the scripture. Because we hear this scripture a lot, but we don't pay attention to the one before. I gave both of them to him. This is Philippians 4, 7. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. But the one before that says this. Do not be anxious. Don't worry about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, and with thanksgiving, submit your request to God. And then the peace. And then the peace comes. See, we just want the peace. But listen, you got to get rid of the, you got to get rid of the anxiousness. You got to get rid of the worry. You got to trust him. He's got a plan. And I told this friend, I said, "Dude, give it to God. Go be who you are. He'll give you peace." He texted me later that day. I got some peace, brother. I said, "Good. That's what we needed." <laughs> 
I'll close with this. You know, there was this dude. From the time he was a little guy, had this desire to be an architect. He wanted to draw houses. And that's all he ever did. When his friends were drawing rocket ships and planes, he's drawing houses. Because he wanted to build houses. He wanted, he wanted to be the man that drew the houses. Man, he built, he drew some elaborate stuff too, with swimming pools and movie stars. And <laughs> Ray got that because he's old. Anybody else didn't get it because y'all ain't never watched the Beverly Hill Billy. But anyway, <laughs> this little blonde-haired fella had a plan. He was going to be an architect all the way through. From the time he was little, that's what he wanted to be. Well, he gets to high school, he walks into his counselor's office, and she says, what do you want to be when you grow up? An architect. She goes, uh, this is going to be a problem. Why? You're not very good at math and geometry. And what's that got to do with anything? Well, architects kind of do stuff like that. Well, I'm just drawing. <laughs> <sighs> Now what's he going to do? I was going to, I was going to do this. And now she goes, you can't do that. <laughs> Man. Well, here he is on his eve of his 50th birthday, standing in a pulpit, blonde hair's gone. Dream of being an architect's gone. But I pray that God is using me in a small way point people to the real architect. The architect who's building mansions that we can't imagine. I might not be drawing houses, but I pray I'm drawing people to get closer to him so that someday they can live in a beautiful mansion built by the beautiful architect. Get busy. Get busy doing what he's called you to do. Don't let anything stop you. Don't let anything keep you from your purpose. Don't let anything keep you from your purpose. I don't care if you're young like Brett and Zarya or if you're old like Brett and Zarya. Don't let him, don't let him down. Stand up for him. Be all that you can be. Please stand. On this day, my prayer is that each one of us will take our dreams and hold them in our heart. But as we strive to reach the dream, we'll take the time that we have doing what he's got us doing. Again, if you're a feed trough, you'd be the best feed trough there is. Seriously, you'd be the best there is because we need feed troughs. And you never know. You never know when the day's going to come and you're going you're gonna to have a bigger job. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for your son, Jesus Christ. I thank you that no matter what, no matter what I face today, no matter what I face tomorrow, he is still on the throne and 
you're still on the throne and our future is bright. And as we go through this life, Lord, we go through it not by ourselves, but with the King of Kings walking alongside us. And because of that, we can do anything. No matter what what our job is, we can do anything. Let us remember that. Let us remember to do it well. Let us remember to be who we are. And let us remember as we encounter others, no matter their stature in life, not to look at the outside, not look at the what they are and who they are and what they're doing, but to look at the inside just like you do. To seek to know them personally. To find their heart. Go with us this week. Bless us each and every one. Bring us back here next Sunday. In Jesus' name, amen. couple quick announcements. Two weeks from today after church, we'll have a children's ministry meeting. If you have a pulse, please be there. Um, second, <laughs> no, we need more children's helpers, and so please, if you'd like to help with that ministry, come. We've got some exciting things we're planning. Uh, our life groups, our connect groups do start this week, so please make sure if you haven't signed up, sign up so we can contact you about those dates. And I don't think there's anything else of significance that has to be announced today. Have a great week. Enjoy the holiday. It is a national holiday because of...